0: Shalom, shalom. Welcome to this week's Kadima talk, Misappropriation, Using God's Gift to Glorify Him. This is so critical in this day because so many have giftings and they misappropriate them. In Leviticus 6, starting in verse 2, it says, if someone sins and acts perversely, umah Allah in the Hebrew, which is to act unfaithfully. Act treacherously, misappropriate, transgress, commit a trespass, to act covertly against God, or commits a misappropriation offense against Adonai by dealing falsely with his neighbor, so this is involving a human interaction, human relations, in regard to a deposit or security entrusted to him by stealing from him, by extorting him, or by dealing falsely in regard to a lost object he has found, or by swearing to a lie if a person commits any of these sins. Now, this is critical because as we read these verses, there's a profound exegesis revealed. A misappropriation sin is a wrongly taking something that isn't yours to take something dishonestly for your own use. This can be items, ideas, dreams, material items, or things of the spirit to misappropriate the gifts Adonai has given you. Hasetan, the thief, misappropriates the giftings and blessings of God upon your life for his own purposes, thereby we sin against God. And of course, if you do this, if you're taking something uh, from another human being, another person who is made in the image of God as recorded in Genesis 1, 26, you're sinning against God as well as that person. As human beings created in God's image, we retain a piece of God in us. So let's dig a little deeper here and, and break some of this down. In Genesis 2, verse 7 then Adonai formed a person, Adam, from the dust of the ground, Hebrew Adamah, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Nishmah Chaim. Nishmat is the spirit, the breath of God, the intellect, the divine wind, divine inspiration. Chaim is life, sustenance, revive, alive, living. Uh, chlorophyll, it's a green vegetation. Chlorophyll, the blood or life of a plant, fresh water, live prosperously, to live forever. So that he became a living being, nefesh Chaim, a living soul. A living soul, nefesh Chaim, comes from the nishmeh Chaim, the breath of life. Your soul, your intellect, your personality, your giftings, the essence of who you are is your nefesh Chaim. Nefesh Chaim is literally a piece of God in you. He exhaled or he breathed life into you. The whisper, the divine wind of life. One of the root words of Chaim is lecha, to sing or sing to you. And what an incredibly beautiful poetic act of a loving, adoring father, a creator, God, Adonai, both the author and the giver and lover of your living soul. He breathed a song, a love song, a poem of life, a divine song into Adam, into you and I. This song is our living soul. Every one of us creations is connected unto and into him through this love song, the Nefesh Chaim, your living soul. Now, there's understanding of God's habitation from Psalms 22, verse 3. Nevertheless, you are wholly enthroned, yeshab, inhabit, dwell, abode, or enthroned on the praises, the Helim, a praise song of Israel. You are a praise song, you're created in his image. He knew your melody when it was made in secret. When you were being knit together, your song was known to him. Ruach hakodesh, Kodesh is holy. Ruach is a compound Hebrew word. Ron is the first half of that word. Music, and you guessed it, lecha, to sing. The holy hakadosh, spirit, ruach, is the sheet music by which God, the creator and source of our song, orchestrates and places his creation into order. Random notes isn't music, it's chaos. The music sheet is what brings order to the notes, thus making it a song. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was unformed and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim, Spirit, Ruach, remember the sheet music of God, hovered over the surface of the water. Then God said, Ve'yomer, God decreed, he spoke, he uttered, he declared, commanded, charged, demanded, communed with himself to speak melodically in a trope or a song. Men, are you, are you getting this? Let there be light, and there was light. We tend to think of God brashly, barking orders in creation, yet it's notes of a loving song of creation being released as the melody of his Torah, his trope is released into the chaos, giving us order. Remember, Torah is sung back to God when we read. We return his song back to him. Every culture on earth has a song. They have music, though they don't all have a written language. And so here's a short physical lesson. When you speak, your vocal cords and diaphragm vibrate, making frequencies, sound and wavelengths, sound waves. Music is the same. When you speak, multiple wavelengths or sound waves are issued. When you mix two frequencies together, you'll have the two originals, the two mixed, and an infinite number of harmonics that stretch on to eternity forever in perpetuity. It never ends. When God created the universe, he decreed, he uttered, he spoke his melody. He released the essence of himself that made all creation. The smallest matter yet discovered is called a gnode, and it looks like a very small opaque egg with a squiggly line in the center of it that is a wavelength God's voice, his song. The universe is composed of the voice, the melodies of God. The creation's nefesh Chaim, creation's soul, is the same matter as your soul. Your nefesh Chaim, the song of God. The heavens declare his glory. It's a G minor chord. Creation's song, a mixture of God's melodic wavelengths, go on for an eternal, infinite number of harmonics that resounds through all creation. His voice, his presence. When we worship, we release the note that God gave us. Through the ruach, we become a melody, holy music that God is enthroned in, inhabits, dwells in, that ties into ancient songs of eternity as well as the angelic host. Yes, he also gave them a song. This is why worship is so powerful, so stimulating to your soul, Music is the essence of God in your living soul. When we soak in his presence in prayer and supplication, when we approach his majesty, strength, power, and splendor in trembling fear, we do so through our song, our nefesh chayim. We are to sing to him a new song. What happens in heaven? We eyewitness accounts of heaven's activities in Revelation 15, starting in verse 2. I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire. Those defeating the beast, its image, and the number of its name were standing by the sea of glass holding harps which God had given them. They were singing the song of Moshe, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and wonderful are the things you have done, Adonai, God of heaven's armies, just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Did you hear that? Those who defeated the beast, Hasetan, are holding what? harps, not swords, not machine guns, not grenades, not cannons, not nuclear weapons. They're holding harps. Why? Because in heaven, they are only doing one thing, singing praises to God. Several different songs, but they're singing their notes, their nefesh chaim, God's love song, back into their creator. There's no work in heaven, there's no careers, there's no agendas, no programs, no ministries, no sports, no cable, no hobbies, no Facebook, no jealousies, no arguing, no dysfunction, no exercise, no politics, no physical activities except one, singing God's glory. This is how important, how critical praise and worship music and God's melody is in heaven in all the universe. A mighty army from the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir was coming against Judah and King Jehoshaphat. The king commanded all the people to gather before the temple, and they sought the Lord with all of their heart and being. The Levites worshipped and played their instruments on the steps leading to the temple itself. The king and all the people cry out to God. In Second Chronicles 20, starting in verse 13, all Yehuda stood before Adonai with their little ones, their wives, their children. Then in the middle of this assembly, the spirit of Adonai came upon Yaxael, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Yeel, the son of Matanyah the Levi, from the descendants of Asaph. He said, listen, all of Judah, you who live in Yerushalayim and King Jehoshaphat, here's what Adonai is saying to you. Don't be afraid or distressed by this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will be coming up by the ascent of Tzit, and you will find them at the end of the Viadi before the Ural desert. See the pattern? They seek God wholeheartedly, everyone, with broken, contrite hearts, with trembling fear of Adonai. Maybe they fasted, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't say, but it was commonly done in times of trouble. They're all gathered together in unity, in one accord, entire families seeking the presence of God. A word from God when the Ruach breaks out and a word comes forth from God. Don't be afraid, the battle is God's. Second Chronicles 20, starting at verse 17. You won't even need to fight this battle. Just take your positions, Judah and Yerushalayim, and stand still and watch how Adonai will deliver you. Don't be afraid or distressed. Tomorrow, go out against them for Adonai is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground while all Judah and the inhabitants of Yerushalayim fell down before Adonai, worshiping Adonai. And the, Levim, the Levites from the descendants of the Kohath and the descendants from the Korchai stood up and praised Adonai, the God of Israel, at the top of their voices." They all worshiped and sang praises unto God, the absolute purest form of communication between you and God, to give back to him the song that he gave you. When you do this, a supernatural power is released. It's intimate with him, his presence, unlike any other way. Second Chronicles 20, verses 20 through 22, the next morning they rose early and went out to the Toccoa desert. As they left, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "'Listen to me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. "'Trust in the Lord your God, and you will be safe. "'Trust in his prophets, and you will succeed. "'After consulting with the people, "'he appointed those who would sing to Adonai "'and praise the splendor of his holiness "'as they went ahead of the army, saying, "'Give thanks to the Lord, for his grace continues forever. "'Then during the time when they were singing and praising,' Adonai brought a surprise attack against the people of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come to fight Judah, and they were defeated. The army is defeated in their song. And it didn't say those who were professional singers. It says those who would sing. Did you catch this? How? God is enthroned there. It's his habitation from his dwelling place, from the melody of the song he strikes and defeats the army that has come against him. Your enemies are defeated in praise and worship. The enemy is scattered and flees before you. You are healed and restored in his presence. Psalms 103, verses one through four by David. Bless Adonai, my soul. Everything in me, bless his holy name. Bless Adonai, my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He forgives all your offenses. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He surrounds you with grace and compassion. So we've come back to the beginning. Why do people come against God? Why are we sick? Why doesn't everyone hear the voice of God? Why isn't everyone pressing into God? The things of God have been misappropriated. The giftings given to us have been stolen for personal use. Remember Leviticus 6 verses 2 and 3. If someone sins and acts perversely, commits a misappropriation offense against Adonai by dealing falsely with his neighbor involving human relations here... In regard to a deposit or security entrusted to him, by stealing from him, by extorting him, or by dealing falsely in regard to a lost object he has found, or by swearing to a lie, if a person commits any of these sins, they've sinned against God and each other. Many have misappropriated their giftings, their calling. The enemy has gotten involved through fame and fortune. I mean, listen to this. Katy Perry, Joy Williams, Kings of Leon, Alice Cooper, Marvin Gaye, the Jonas Brothers, Wycliffe Jean, Marcus Mumford, Ryan Tedder from One Republic... Need to breathe frontman Bear Reinhardt and guitarist brother Bryant Bo Reinhardt, all children of clergy. Justin Timberlake and the Abbott Brothers had grandfathers who were clergy. Whitney Houston's mother and aunt were all well-known famous gospel singers. There's a lengthy list of Jewish comedians and actors and actresses whose father or grandfather was a rabbi. The comedian Jackie Mason and his brother ordained rabbis. What happened? They sinned against God by a misappropriation offense. You can do this against another human being, but it also happens by not using the special gifts and talents God has given you to glorify and honor him, to sing his praise. See, in a business, you've got to deal rightly with each other. If you don't do this, you've sinned against God, you've sinned against your brother or sister. In your business, if you've got a business, you should be playing background worship music 24-7. If you're ill, sick, if you're in the hospital, get a CD player, get an MP3 player, and play music, worship music, 24-7, seven days a week. Saturate the atmosphere with this. Why? Because his presence he resides in the praises of his people and in his presence is healing, perfection, everything we need. We must seek this out. You must have it in your business. You must have it in your ministry. You must have it in your home. You should be playing this music in your home. Saturate the atmosphere of your house with this and we've got to deal rightly with each other. If if you don't... Uh, Hold on to a deposit correctly or security entrusted to you in a business. If you, you steal from other business, this is even, you know, intellect. This is uh, even writing songs or stealing words or keeping a wallet you found with money in it. These are all dealing falsely, and we can't do this because we've sinned against God as a misappropriation. You know, a few years ago I watched a powerful speech given by Anquan Bolden, a wide receiver with the San Francisco 49ers, who won the 2016 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Anquan has started and diligently works with multiple religious programs for disadvantaged inner city kids, teaching character, integrity, godly principles to overcome their dysfunctional childhood and environment. I just love this. In his acceptance speech, Anquan said God gave him a supernatural athletic gift, not to play in the NFL but to help others while giving God all the glory and honor. The NFL was the venue used to fulfill his godly destiny. That is incredibly powerful. Will you sing your song unto God to glorify and honor him? Or do you sing your song to glorify and honor you and the world? God has given you supernatural gifts. What are you doing with them? Are you misappropriating them? Or are you squandering them? Uh, are you seeking to grow wealth in an empire, or are you seeking to fulfill your destiny and calling on the kingdom of God and using these venues to get you there? I pray we're all like Anquan and use our giftings to glorify and honor God. Mishpochah, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.